episode 21 of Run Talk SA, and the season is just getting underway. I'm Simon Parkinson. How's it, Brad Brown? Yeah, very, very good, Parky. Good to be back with you. You well? I am, and uh, of course, the summer. I mean, this last weekend has been absolutely phenomenal. To have those blue skies without a cloud in the sky is brilliant. Of course, for those of you that are running in Gauteng and I think throughout South Africa, you certainly have to be up very early in the morning. Five o'clock starts and a good hour and a half, two hours run back in by eight so you don't uh, dehydrate too much. Hey, listen, this week on the show, got some great uh, great stuff coming up. Of course, the, one of the most beautiful marathons in the world, the Two Oceans is underway and uh, we are opening, or not we, but the two oceans organizers have opened entry once again for the 2014 event. Brad, you caught up with a couple of people down there. Yeah, Parky, I went down to Cape Town for, for the launch of the entries. And, and, and yeah, just really cool. Entries open on Tuesday. If you haven't uh, entered yet, it's just for the ultra. They are phasing. It's quite interesting. They're phasing the half marathon entries because in the past, there's been a bit of an issue with the IT infrastructure. There's just such a demand for those entries. So many people trying to get on and enter at the same time that the the thing has just been crashing. So so what they're doing is they're actually phasing those entries. So they, they're putting out a limited number at a time. And it's probably a good thing because it's, it's pretty difficult to control how many people are going to be on a website trying to enter. And it's really frustrating from an athlete's point of view when you are trying to enter a race and the IT system's not working the way it should. So I think that's a good move from Two Oceans. And I think in up-and-coming programs, we're going to talk more about this race because the Two Oceans really is iconic in South Africa. Uh, a 56-kilometer, it does go around some of the most beautiful scenic areas of the Cape uh, and Cape Town in particular, and it really is a fantastic run. However, a lot of people do enter the 21, which isn't quite as scenic. Yes, you go through Constantia, and it is wonderful from that point of view. But really, at the end of the day, running the 56 is probably the uh, the way to go if you can. And a lot of people sit there and say, "Oh, I don't know if I could do 56. It's far too far. It's it's you know it's difficult." You know what? If you're going to do a 56, if you're going to do an ultra, maybe this is the one to look at training for. Why? Well, the first half is pretty much downhill, or certainly flat to down. And uh, it does give you an opportunity to save on those reserves. So you get to the 21K mark, um, and you've still got a, quite a lot of energy as you go through Fishhook and you start going into the mountains, as it were, if you were talking a la sort of uh, cycling and the Tour de France style. Uh, really, after um, Sunny Park and then up through the, the, the various uh, little chappies and Chapman's Peak, that's where the hard work really starts. But it's a good run to actually get yourself into. So if you've been sitting teetering on the edge, wondering whether you should do a little bit more than just a 21 for this year's Two Oceans. Let me start by maybe asking you to just maybe think a little bit out of the box and say, well, uh, maybe there's an opportunity because it is a good race. Parky, I'm quite excited because I've never actually run Two Oceans. It's always really close to Ironman. It's either uh, two weeks before or and, – and next year, it's actually two weeks after. So I'm going to go do Ironman and then two weeks later go run Oceans. I'm really excited because it's one of those races – uh, that I've always said I want to run, and it's not often that it is uh, after Ironman. So I'm definitely going to go run it next year, and I can't wait. Yep. I, as, as I say, it's, it, I've done it six or seven times, and I just love this race. Uh, it's one of those ones that you get in there, and you have fun, and there's great support. And I've done it through both sunny days, which can be hell because it's hot, and the wind doesn't, uh, doesn't arrive and doesn't cool you down at all. And then I've done it with wind, which pushes you all over the place, going in towards Hout Bay. 
And then I've also done it with rain, which is also horrific. But at the end of the day, a Cape Town run and a run which you can really start at six. I think it's six twenty-one. The actual fifty-six start, uh, and 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 you literally through and finish by midday. It's wonderful. You go back to your hotel, relax, and you go out for a big party in the afternoon. So it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of excitement. Cape Town really comes out and supports, and uh, I say just just fantastic fun. So. We'll certainly speak to people who are involved and people who have coached and, and got people through that race as we go through the next couple of months towards um, what is uh, the best race for Cape Town in the calendar. Yeah, and, and talking of, of big races on the South African calendar, Parky, last week we spoke about it on, on the, the podcast, but uh, it happened just after the podcast went out, and it was uh, that webinar that Lindsay Parry and I did for the Comrades Marathon to sort of help you on your journey. And this week I've taken uh, a snippet of that webinar out, the audio, uh, and we're going to play some of that. One of the things we focus on is when is the right time to qualify. We chatted about that uh, a few weeks ago. I got Lindsay's take on it, and also, when is the right time to experiment with gear uh, and not just gear I'm talking running shoes uh, running shorts gels all of that sort of stuff so those were two really cool bits that came out of that webinar and we'll play that for you today as well if you want to find out and watch that whole webinar all you have to do is go to runtalksa.co.za and go check it out just click on the webinar tab and, and, and the webinar is there and of course one can't uh, not forget that there's been some sad news as far as marathon running is concerned in Johannesburg of recent times and uh, there's been lots of debate around this but once again we've had the confirmation now which has been long in the coming and and unfortunately, it's been down to, uh, well, politics and administration, I would say. But the Soweto Marathon has been cancelled. It's supposed to be in uh, two and a half weeks from now, depending on when you're listening, of course. Uh, it's certainly cancelled, although we hear that there may be a chance of this thing coming back. Maybe not in two and a half weeks' time, but in a few weeks' time. It just seems ridiculous to me that a race which is iconic as far as South Africa is concerned, Soweto, rich heritage, is globally known as uh, a very, very strong place in South African history. Uh, It's a marathon that I'm sure is on the bucket list for a number of people that can't make it to South Africa. It's been cancelled, the Soweto Marathon, and uh, it's down to uh, administrative issues from what we can gather. So that's rather sad news. Yeah, it is, Parky. And and, and funnily enough, you you talk about that glimmer of hope. On my radio show this weekend, I actually caught up with Paneli Sindani from the Soweto Marathon Trust, uh, as well as the Athletic South African President, uh, James Evans, Uh, And it was a bit of a a slinging match, to be dead honest. Uh, And it's quite a long interview. So what I'll do, uh, it it, it makes for very interesting listening. I will pop the link into the show notes of this episode of uh, Run Talk SA. And all you have to do is just click on it. You can go listen to it and and make up your own mind. You know what? I'm going to reserve comments. I've spoken about this thing until I'm blue in the face. And unfortunately, it is what it is. But the people I feel most sorry for, are the elite athletes, Parky, because there's, there's a big payday at the Soweto Marathon. And you can't train for a marathon, as you know, as I know, and our listeners know. You can't train for a marathon in three weeks. And the way this thing's been shunted, yes, it's on, no, it's not, yes, it's on, no, it's not. These poor guys, that's how they provide for their families. They put food on the table by winning races like this. And how are they supposed to train for a race like this if they don't know if it's happening or not? I mean, uh, on Sunday's interview, it was said that it might happen in December. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's just an absolute shambles, to be dead honest. And I think also one has to remember, not only for the athletes and for the part-timers or the part-time runners like you and me taking play or, or taking part in such an event, it's very sad for Soweto 
as a subsidy of Johannesburg, of Gauteng, uh, it's really, really sad. A lot of runners from Gauteng have actually marched those streets through Soweto year after year, and it's brought a lot of joy to the spectators, young children who aspire to be great runners when they see those front runners coming through. And, of course, for uh, maybe the slightly older people like you and me who sit there and watch and think, well, maybe I should be getting out there and having a bit of fun myself. So not good for the for, for, for the, the Soweto people and for the supporters of that marathon. But anyway, enough said about this uh, week's sad news. Let's look ahead to what is, as we've said earlier, one of the more iconic runs in South Africa. Brad caught up with the guys down at the Two Oceans Marathon for 2014. Well, we are at the media launch of the 2014 Two Oceans Marathon, uh, and it's been pretty cool. Uh, there's some, uh, some pretty cool things that have been launched. Uh, there's a stunning video, which I'll put up on our website as well. Just go to runtalksa.co.za forward slash 21. Uh, there's actually two of them that uh, Two Oceans have put together, which uh, absolutely phenomenal, just sort of sums up. Uh, what the world's most beautiful marathon is all about. Uh, but at the launch, managed to catch up with Karen uh, Thomas, marketing executive for Old Mutual. They've uh, put a bit of a, a prize injection into the race. Also touched base with Mike Sharman, who's uh, one of the directors of the Putfoot Foundation. Uh, they, one of the beneficiaries, announced uh, as a new beneficiary for the 2014 Two Oceans Marathon. And then also spoke to Lauren Harkman, the brand manager, uh, brand marketing manager for performance for Adidas South Africa. Uh, they're the technical sponsor and doing some pretty cool things in that space as well uh, down in Cape Town and not just in Cape Town, but also uh, on social media. They've got a, a pretty cool campaign running at the moment that you can be a part of as well with a great prize. You could win a trip to the Berlin Marathon. Uh, Lauren tells us all about that. So let's kick things off now with Corin uh, Thomas from Old Mutual. Corin, tell us a little bit about Old Mutual. Mutual's involvement. It's the 15th year next year, 2014, that Old Mutual's been involved with, with the Old Mutual Two Oceans Marathon. So as far as corporate sponsorships go, that's a, it's a long innings. It absolutely is, but I think the reason is that we've been so committed to it. And, you know, sponsorships, you need to grow over time to get both the value for the event as well as the company. Um, and I think we've seen Old Mutual's involvement get more and more and upping the game all the time. So the important thing is to, to keep it going um, and to keep adding value. And if we can do that for the Event, that's great. I'm very interested to see the increase in the bonus in, in prize money. I think that's a, a fabulous initiative and it, and it pushes the, the two oceans into a, into a new sort of class as far as the, the global marathons and ultramarathons go. Absolutely. The, the increase in prize money is um, resulting in being one of the top five prize money marathons in the world. So that's awesome, not only for um, South Africa, Cape Town, and but Africa. So it's, it's very exciting to, to have that opportunity. And also, um, generally, often the road running events have been kind of the poor cousin compared to many other sporting events. So, so we're really proud to be able to put this kind of money into road running because road running is open to everyone. So it gives everyone an equal chance, which is great. Absolutely. And, and as far as that, that prize money goes, I mean, those two records you mentioned for Thun River, uh, that record's been standing for a long time. 1989, if my memory serves me correct, that was the year she broke the record in, in Comrades as well. Uh, and then if you look at the men's record, that's also been standing for, for a long, long time. There's a pretty good chance of it going next year with a million... With a million 
if, if for each if, if they do break it. It's, it's amazing what motivates people. <laughs> <laughs> Big carrots. But I think I remember seeing Fathetians. I remember running and she was she was obviously a machine. She was absolutely incredible. But yeah, we, we it would it would be can you imagine I wonder if it would be if the, if the um, record is broken. Yeah. Um, and if there's an opportunity for a new person to take over and hold that record. So got to hold or if all the sort of arrows point in the right direction and the weather's good and there's enough um, enough there for people to, to try and grab and achieve then yeah hopefully it can be broken. Uh, Mike Sharman from the, the Putfoot Foundation. You guys have been involved for, for the first time in the 2014 Two Oceans Marathon. It, it's pretty exciting from, from your perspective, isn't it? Definitely very exciting times. Uh, the way that uh, Old Mutual has got us involved as a beneficiary for the 2014 event. And it is. It, it gives the charity an opportunity to get some more exposure being involved, uh, involved in such a great opportunity and an event. And uh, yeah, as the presentations have said, it's the world's most beautiful marathon. Yeah, Mike, I've sort of followed your, your journey with the, the, the Putfoot Foundation, so I know quite a bit about it. Tell our, tell our listeners who, who don't know anything about it what you guys do in a nutshell. I mean, the work you're doing is amazing. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, the Putfoot Foundation, it's putfootfoundation.org. And what we really do is, the simple premise is that we give a brand new pair of 100% South African leather school shoes to primary school kids in rural areas. So a lot of these children, they walk on average uh, two and a half to five kilometers a day to get to school. They don't necessarily have public transport. And it sounds like a simple gift on the surface, but you know the difference that you make to these young children's lives, it's, it's incredible. And what we like to do is involve the community, people via social media, to sign up as volunteers, come and pack the shoes out, put them on the kids' feet, interact with these young kids. And you know, for one day, they really feel like they have a bit of hope, pride, and dignity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's not just South African kids. You guys do this all over pretty much sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, so obviously our, our key focus is South Africa and, and across the, the various different provinces, but uh, we have gone into neighboring countries such as Zambia, and uh, yeah, we will go into places such as Namibia too. So Southern Africa as a whole is, is a general focus. Okay, brilliant. And as for, just on, on a personal note, your sort of training, I know you're training for half man. how's that going? And, and you, you're looking at doing the 2014 Two Oceans? Uh, my training is getting there. I'm starting to rack up some kilometers on the bike and on my feet, and uh, yeah, things are going really well. Looking forward to 5150 in November. And yeah, I'm definitely going to be doing the half marathon. Brilliant. Mike Sharman, thank you so much. Keep up the good work and, and we look forward to seeing you at the Two Oceans. Right, Adidas South Africa, the technical sponsor for the, the Old Mutual Two Oceans Marathon once again for 2014, the second year of the involvement. Uh, tell us a little bit about your involvement with the race. Obviously, it's a fairly new relationship that you've set up with, with Oceans, but uh, going really well after the first year. Are you happy with the, the success and the traction you've got out of the race? We're very happy with the success of the first year. I think that the reasons for us getting involved as the technical sponsor were to, to kind of raise the level of the race uh, to an international level. Um, we committed to leveraging the event year-round as opposed to just kind of showing up on race day. Um, and we've done that pretty successfully. And then also to, to just be innovative in the kind of the products that we can bring runners. Um, and through our expo involvement, we've been able to do that as well. So we feel this was a very successful first year. And we've got um, a lot of great, exciting plans for, for 2014 already underway. And today saw the launch of us um, going into My Journey for the second year, which is a, a sort of a brand campaign, hashtag My Journey where we call on all runners to get involved with um, sharing their stories and we work with a lot of ambassadors in the running space who are credible for their Two Oceans journeys. Each of them runs the Two Oceans Marathon. Um, and we call on them to help us 
mobilize and, and get sort of the, the ordinary runners, all ages, all abilities, to come out and share their stories. And in doing so, we build this online of uh, online community of runners that really um, helps train and um, work towards the, the 2014 Two Oceans Marathon. And, and essentially motivate. And that, that's one thing I love. Every runner has a story. I mean, you see it on the road. It doesn't matter what you're running, if it's the time trials or if it is at the Two Oceans. Everyone just wants to share their story. And everybody's got one little story. And that's exactly what you guys are doing with the, the My Journey, isn't it? Well, that's what we started in, in 2013. We started asking runners, share your journey with us. Tell us all about everybody has a reason to run. Tell us your reason for running. And we got a lot of written entries. Um, and I think the, the fun thing is that runners never keep it to one or two sort of sentences. You, you get paragraphs of why they run. And it's, it's, you know, it's from weight loss to kind of something to do to keep me off the streets to, yeah, there's just lots of wonderful reasons that people run. And this year we're taking it a, a step further by making, giving that real visual identity to the My Journey concept where we, we, we're asking people to get involved in social media, so to actually take photographs, upload them to Twitter and Instagram um, and hashtag them with an appropriate photo challenge hashtag that we give them and they stand the chance of pri- winning prizes. So they get to share their story and ultimately enter into a draw which could see them going off to the Berlin Marathon in 2014. That's very cool. Where, where can people find more, more info on that? So if they... People can find more information if they go to um, adidasrunning.co.za. Um, Twitter, our Twitter account is at adidascede or Instagram adidascede. Brilliant. Lauren, thank you so much. All the best and, and yeah, all the best for your journey as well. And, uh, and you're pregnant. You're going to have a baby soon. And, and all the best in the build-up to, to 2014's Two Oceans. Oh, thank you very much. Looking forward to an exciting next five months. <laughs> As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Wednesday, the 9th of October, Lindsay Parry and I hosted a webinar about where you should be and what you should be doing for Comrades 2014 right now. If you missed the whole webinar, all you have to do is get over to runtalksa.co.za and you'll see under the latest news tab, there is a link uh, or a heading that says webinars. Click on that and you can't miss it. It's the Journey to Comrades webinar, October October to November. What should I be doing now? Uh, you can go and listen to that. Two of the questions we touched on, uh, the first one had to do with when should you be experimenting with shoes, gels, clothing, that sort of thing. And the second had to do with qualifying. When should you qualify for comrades? This is what happened on the night. All right, Lindsay, let, let's talk about the, the experimenting. I think I think that's key. Uh, you'll hear a lot of people. I mean, I've heard Bruce Fordyce talk about it lots. Uh, you'll talk about it too at, at the actual sort of comrades road shows that we do. When it comes to experimenting, there's certain things you want to experiment with and certain things you don't. But you need to figure out what works for you. And it's, it's a very personal thing. Like I might have one particular brand of, of gels, for an example, that works for me, but they might not work for you. Or I like a certain type of running shoe, and again, they might not work for you. So as far as experimentation goes, now's probably the time you want to be looking at, at trying things out and, and making sure you get the right combination for, for race day. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, let, 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 let me start with the shoes, okay, because that's something you want to get sorted out the earlier the better. I mean, a va- the vast majority, we're talking 95 to 98% of running injuries are not caused by footwear. They are generally caused by uh, um, training issues or, or perhaps running in shoes when they're too old. So I think we can get that right at the beginning, at least we can eliminate your sort of 5% risk risk of injury. So I always recommend that people go to a specialist running store 
somewhere where the people will take their time and care and make sure that they at least get you in the right type of shoe. Okay. From there, you are right. The shoes have got different cuts. They feel a little bit different on people's feet. So put on the shoes once you know once you know whether you need a neutral or a lightweight neutral trainer or high mileage neutral trainer or, or a mild um, stability shoe or motion control, whatever it is. But take all the brands, put them on your feet, and run in there. Run down the road. Like I've I've got no scar. I will run a kilometer. The guy will just be starting to pop a bead because he thinks I've swapped his shoes out of the <laughs> shop. But, but, but really, you need to make sure that it feels comfortable on your foot. And the, and the funny thing about shoes is that nine times out of ten, when you have the right one on your foot, you'll know within two minutes of running. It'll feel right. And the no way you'll know that it'll feel right is that you actually will hardly notice the shoe on your foot. It'll just feel really nice and natural and comfortable. And once you've figured out the shoe that works for you, just stick with it. Particularly through the whole comrades training process. You know, next season you can go again and do go through the same process if you're the kind of guy that always wants to be in the newest technology. But experimentation on shoes should be at a minimum. Do it early, settle on what works for you and get going. Uh, but then for the rest of the stuff, comfortable clothing, you know, where do I chafe? Does Vaseline work for me or do one of the other anti-chafe type of things? Do the other anti-chafes cause me to rash or, or to burn? Uh, you know, the gels, there are so many gels, different flavors, different levels of sweet, something with design, sourness in them, so you might want to use those later on in the race. But really, you know, gels are anywhere between 12 and 18 rand a pop. So go out, buy a couple of the brands, and on your long runs, you just try a few of those and see which ones sit well in your stomach, how you like them. You know, like as a rule of thumb, you basically want to try and consume in the region of one gram of carbohydrate per kg of body mass per hour. Okay, so, you know, a 70 kg male, 70 grams per hour, that's quite a lot of sugar. It's well worth checking out if you can handle that before trying it on a marathon and, and ending up throwing up on, on, on the side of the road. But I would say because we start with a reasonable amount of stores if we're eating a, a decently healthy um, diet, you can probably get away within the region of 30 to maybe 40 grams per hour and that's much more manageable. But again, as I said, you've got to try and work your way. How many, how many, how many how much fluids work for you, how much do you sweat, you know, too many fluids can be as dangerous or in fact way more dangerous than too little fluids, uh, you know, and for most people it's difficult to pinpoint what their fluid requirement is, depending on environmental factors, etc. probably going to be somewhere in the region of 250, 300 to maximum 600 mils an hour, uh, and maybe a few people will tolerate a bit more than that. But again, you need to work that stuff out for yourself on the road as you go. Lindsay, I mentioned there's lots of questions coming through about qualifying. Uh, let, let's let's go on to that because that's probably a lot of people's concern right now uh, is is when to qualify. Uh, sort of, especially for a novice. That I mean, you talk comrades ninety kilometers almost, but a marathon is just as big. 
Uh, and and for me, I, I remember from my first one, that was probably my biggest concern. I didn't even think about comrades. I was just really worried about running a five sub five hour marathon. When when should someone be be looking to to, to qualify for for comrades? It's not a simple question to answer. Um, I think you probably we have to group the people here. So I think people who are looking at doing comrades for uh, like from a performance perspective. Your kind of silver, maybe even bull run guys. Uh, I would look to qualify as early as possible. So for me, that would mean doing a qualifier in sort of mid to late November or, or early December, so that I could take a little break and then get training again uh, for comrades. Um, I wouldn't push it much past January, and and the the reason for that is quite simple. You know, everything that we do between now and the 1st of March should really be about preparing our bodies to train really hard in March and April and the early bits of May. Those are kind of your key training months and comments. If you get you're going to have a, a really good run. Okay. So traditionally we've, we've qualified in February but all that happens then is it means that you're starting your very hard training in March on tight legs but a period of time you're going to be tight anyway. So if you can't, or your you know the, your life has has worked out, or you've had a kid, or whatever the case may be, and you can't get in that qualifier uh, in November, December, then I would look to January, and I try and stay away from February. Okay, your your novices or slightly slower runners, you don't quite take as much strain after a marathon. They can push their qualifier out and. Or in fact, novices should. Novices should really look to leave it as late as possible. And the reason for that is, is because they are far better off making sure that their bodies are ready for the marathon and treating that marathon as part of the, the preparation and training process for comrades rather than racing it. Um, and so, yeah, for, for the novices, I would then go as far as to say that they should look to qualify more or less as late as possible, like early March, late March, I can't remember the exact, I think the 31st of March is when the qualifiers have to be um, done and dusted. But yeah, if you, regardless of whether you're aiming for a six-hour comrades or an 11-hour comrades, if, if that's like you and you pushing for a time, then you should try not to leave qualifying much later than January. Lindsay, you talk about pushing pushing for a time. That that's probably a big one where, where people make that mistake is where they, they perhaps qualify in in September or, or or October now. And then what they do is is they think, oh you know what? Uh, I did a four and a half and I'm gonna be in in whatever batch that is. But if I go and when I'm slightly fitter in March, because I've been doing all this comrades training and the mileage, if I go and hammer a marathon in March uh, I could probably get into a better seeding group, so they try and do that, and that's probably not the right way to go about it, is it? No, it's not. And I mean, if we just look at how the qualifying times are set up, essentially every 20 minutes, so you have to run 20 minutes faster to get into a one better seeding group. Now, I know that at the at the start of comrades, uh, and particularly on the down run, you can lose a lot of time. So if you are in in G and H, you're looking at anywhere between 8 and sort of 11 minutes that you can lose at the start of the race. But if you look at it from this perspective, that even if you improve one seeding batch, what are you saving yourself? A minute? Not much more than a minute. Uh, so 
the, the amount of effort required to improve that seeding, the level of fatigue that hangs, hangs around afterwards, and the risk of picking up an injury because you are still under pressure to keep training through that, that period of time means that it makes absolutely no sense to chase one seeding batch further up. And look, it doesn't matter who you are. To improve your marathon time by 40 minutes is a real stretch. So the chances of you going two seeding batches up are, are really remote. Um, and even then, once again, you're saving yourself two, and, two to two and a half minutes. It's not worth the disruption to your training program. So once you've qualified, just take the seeding that you've got. Rather focus on not wasting any time on race day rather than trying to buy yourself one extra block forward in the seeding batch and, and potentially ruining your training. Fantastic. Well, of course, comrades underway and the training sessions underway. And, of course, there'll be a lot more webinars coming up with Brad and Lindsay uh, in the near future. In fact, when is the next one, Brad? Parky, the next one's happening on the 11th of November, and we're pretty excited. Uh, it's yeah, The response has been just amazing. I mean, I, I get emails every day from people saying, thank you so much. It's exactly what we needed. So the response has been great. I think it's, it's what people are looking for right now when it comes to training for comrades. So the 11th of November. Uh, if you want to register for that, all you have to do is go over to runtalksa.co.za. Uh, once you're on the website, you'll see there's a banner on the side that's in black and yellow. You can't miss it. It says register here for the free Run Talk SA Comrades webinar. Just click on that, leave your details. We'll be in touch and, and send you all the details on how you can access that webinar as well. But yeah, Parky, it was, it was great. Lots of questions. Uh, people got their questions answered. I think we touched on some really, really good stuff. So if you missed on the first one, you don't want to miss the next one. And uh, just as a matter of interest, I see that there's a brand new phone out by Samsung, which, um, well, I say it's a phone. It's more like a half computer, half tablet, half phone. Uh, you probably have seen it yourself, Brad, the new uh, Galaxy uh, Note tablet uh, phone. I'm not sure whether you call it a tablet or phone, but it comes with gear, which is pretty much the watch. I'd like to know if any of our runners out there in South Africa have bought one of these mobile phones and have worn the watch whilst running and downloading information about what they're doing whilst they're actually on the road or whilst they're exercising. So if you've got one of these uh, devices and you've been using it to aid and assist you whilst uh, doing your exercise and doing your weekly runs, uh, please let us know by getting to our website. Uh, you can, of course, go to www.runtalksa.ca.za or, of course, you can email us. And uh, that's at podcast at runtalksa.ca.za. That's right, Parker. You can also tweet us at runtalksa or you can follow us and like us on Facebook. Uh, just search for runtalksa. Something else that we spoke about last week that we've introduced on the show uh, is a sort of voicemail system. Uh, and you, you mentioned that smartphone. You can do it with any smartphone. Uh, if you look at the right-hand side of our website, there's a, a little dark bar on the right that says, Ask Our Experts a Question. So that is if you have a question for our coach, Lindsay Parry, or perhaps our dietitian, Louise Bembridge. Uh, any questions? If you want to ask Parky a question, me a question, or if there's just something you want to tell us. Maybe you ran a PB and, and you want the world to know. Uh, we want to hear about it. So leave us a voicemail on that one as well. And just one other thing I may add. I've got some breaking news a bit late in the show, but I've just received it. And that is that the gun run, of course, was held down in Cape Town this last weekend, uh, which is sponsored by Outsurance and I think uh, co-sponsored by one of the stations I work for, which is KFM. And uh, the breakfast show host of KFM, Ryan O'Connor, did the 21 
in a stunning time. I don't know whether it's a personal best because I've not spoken to him yet. But how's this for 21Ks from a radio presenter? I used to think they just all smoked and drunk and didn't do much exercise at all. <laughs> that, that was just or, you, Parky. <laughs> or was that just me? Exactly. <laughs> but one hour 37 wow. for Ryan O'Connor. That's pretty good going for a 21. Jeez, that's blooming good. I'll tell you what, Parky, you need to get Ryan onto the show. I'd love to hear sort of, because I know he's been running for a while, but he's getting faster and faster. I want to know what his secret is. I tell you what, we'll try and organize that for uh, for next week. I'll see if I can catch up with him this week and uh, and have a chat. So, uh, yeah, if you did run the Outsurance Gun Run, tell us about it. I'd like to hear uh, what people thought about it. I tell you what, I promise to do a bit of investigation this next couple of days and find out uh, some of the juicy info from that race. Cool stuff. We've also got a new Run Talker of the Week on the website as well, Parky. It's uh, Spiwe Mueli. Uh, and yeah, very inspiring and, and inspirational story. And I just love the photo of him that we've got on the website. You can just see he absolutely loves running. So if you want to read up about Spiwe, uh, all you need to do is get to runtalksa.co.za. And that's it from us this week. That's episode 21. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, get your entries in for the two oceans. And we'll see you next week for episode 22 of Run Talk SA. Have a good running week. Thank you very much, Parky. You have a good one too, and we'll chat soon. Cheers.